0: Welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. So Joshua read to us so well, arise, whoa, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Are we going to listen to the words of the prophet from nearly 3000 years ago? No, okay. Let's go home and get early Christmas dinner. Really? Really? No, seriously. Shall we listen together to the words of the prophet from nearly 3,000 years ago? Arise and shine. The light of Christ is in us. Coy, I know you all worked hard yesterday at the Sunday, but I, I'd hope you'd slept in between a little bit. Thank you. Whoever said that at the back? I'm glad you're here. Dear, dear, dear. Come on. haven't done that for ages. (laughs) See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. That's why you read about it. In social media. That's why BBC Television News broadcasts it. That's why it's on ITV. That's why it's on Sky. That's why it's on every passage of communication. You'll discover that there is a darkness over the earth. But there's only one answer. Throughout the world, many people think they have many answers, but there is only one answer, and it is this answer that came to us through the words of the prophet Isaiah, speaking to the people of God, arise! I mean, sometimes you don't want to, you're tired, you're worn down, you're feeling rubbish, it's Christmas for goodness sake, there's so much to sort. But still, the words of the prophet come through the generations, arise, people of God! (laughs) I have a reputation, apparently, somebody told me, for speaking very quietly. I might be ruining that right now. I don't know where I got that from, but I must have done some quiet ones. (laughs) But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. See, it's not just that we've got to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, but it is that we have to stand up, because otherwise it wouldn't say, Arise. Arise. And then the light of the Lord will shine upon you. As I said in the introduction to the Christmas wreath, these are the days that the only place people can see Jesus is in you. In us, together. In this body. Jesus came, his plan to communicate heaven, to communicate the Trinity to the people was for there to be a church that lived as one. In the, word, in the Old Testament scripture, know that the Lord your God is one. There is no other God but him. That word one means when there is like, when you talk, it's exactly the same word as you'd say to see there is one people. Even within that scripture there, you can see that God is telling them that God is not just a single entity, but three people. It, it, there is a Hebrew word that they could have used, or God could have used, that means God is one, one being, one entity, one thing only. But it is a one of a coming together in purpose and might. Isn't that amazing? There it is. Even in that scripture, you think that's one of the most difficult ones to talk about because that must contradict. It doesn't contradict. It's there in it, in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, that God is more. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word uses Elohim, and it means plural gods. There's a word for God they could have used that means one single entity, God being, but they didn't. They used Elohim, and you'll find Elohim is used repeatedly throughout the Bible, and strictly it means gods. It's emphasizing the plural. Now some will tell you that traditionally that is because Itziner gives a greater emphasis. The reason they will say that is because that was the understanding of only one God. There is only one God, but there are multiple personalities of God. But that revelation wasn't to come until Christ, or wasn't to come in fullness until Christ came. And God revealed himself as a lot more than they even thought so far. He revealed himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that holy trinity of relationship. And that's why the body of Christ is the fullness of God, because it demonstrates relationship. Jesus' plan was that the church, in their unity, would show the world that there's another way. Which is why in Ephesians there, it's been saying, uh, for the fullness of Christ. Now, uh, one of the last times I was speaking, we were at the beginning of chapter 3, where Paul writes, for this reason... And then, and he's obviously about to pray, and then he stops praying, and he does a load of teaching, which we went through instead. He gets completely... Well, I don't know if he's distracted, because I think he's being very purposeful. He's about to pray over these people, and then he realizes, no, I need to repeat this, because you've got to get this for what I'm about to pray over you, so you can see this manifest over you. You see, the thing is, do you think you are living in the fullness of God? So... Should we attempt to live in the fullness of God? I I was reading some strange teaching. Cessationists, if you've not heard that word. They're people that believe that the gifts of the Spirit have stopped, including the gifts of healing and miracles. And this person quite eruditely, was writing that, that we shouldn't, they put it better than I'm about to, That we shouldn't be praying for miracles, we shouldn't be praying for healing, because some people, and it did say some, which was interesting, some people are not healed, and there's no miracles, and therefore they're left without hope, and it destroys faith in God. Actually, there's a good point in that. There is a good point in that, because that does happen. But what we failed to do is to prepare people to live through that. If everybody expects instant success, we are in for a disaster. I don't know about you, but I don't have instant success in everything I do all the time, every day. And actually, today, we're going to look, if we get there, if we get time, we're going to look at one of Jesus. We'll call it a failure, because it certainly looks like it. You'll see what I mean. Don't get your knickers in a twist. Am I allowed to say that? Anyway... (laughs) So Paul says, for this reason. He's about to launch on something that God is doing amongst them to see that greater release of God. You see, on the argument of we shouldn't be praying for healings and miracles because not everybody receives, and it's, that is the tough thing about it, we should close all hospitals. Because some people don't get healed. In fact, people with serious illnesses, most of them die there. It's a place of death, so we should close them. Or you could have the argument, we can't so, say there's a breakthrough in healing Alzheimer's. We should not use that breakthrough in healing of Alzheimer's because of all the people that have suffered from it for. It's not fair to them. It's unfair, it's cruel to come up with something that is now an answer. Do you see where you go when you go down that ray of thinking? It starts, the thought of not praying starts actually from a heart of compassion, of not wanting to see people hurt or faith wrecked. That's a good heart. But there's also fear that God cannot hold himself accountable if it was. That's why we still preach healing and miracles, even though we know we have not seen everybody healed. We've not seen everybody Receive a miracle. We haven't even seen everybody saved. But I tell you something, we have seen some saved. We've seen many saved. We've seen people healed and we've seen miracles. So I don't want to deny them. And what we're talking about this morning, there's two things here that enables us to step into more of. But do you want the more of? Because there is a cost to the more healing and the more miracles of recognizing that in the past we weren't doing it right or it wasn't as good. I don't think we need to think along those lines. That's just where we were. It's more, the better analogy is that of a journey. Okay, if you're going to go from Scarborough to York and you're in, um, and you, uh, I can't, I forgot what I was going to say. Yes, it was an analogy of a journey. If you're going to go from Scarborough to York and you're on the way and you've got to Moulton, there's no point complaining that you're only in Moulton and you wanted to be in York. You've still got to drive the rest of the distance. It's no good going to God, are we nearly there yet? Have <laughs> we really nearly got the miracles, God. God's saying you're on a journey because I can only release this through people that can administer it in a way that won't destroy them. Because if, he gives the, if, if we're experiencing the fullness of the power, but we don't understand how the word wants us to use that power, we will just cause more harm than good, which is perhaps where that original person was going. See, don't write off what that person said. It's easy to say, oh no, we believe in heroes and miracles, we're not listening to them. No, that's wisdom there, but it's, lis- it's listening to the wisdom and not listening to, that's, therefore we won't do that, because that is then a response, not just compassion, but also one of fear. So in that moment of compassion, what's the step of faith? It's right, I've got to understand the word. I've got to press into God. I need a relationship with him that enables me to communicate to others how we get through that. It's also about being, as God keeps saying, as as that body where we encourage and support and carry one another. Because we can't always do it. But we're not supposed to. There's supposed to be times when we are not coping. So that we throw ourselves on one another and God. Now you might have thought I was going to say, so we throw ourselves on God. But you see, if this is the body of Christ, if we're doing it correctly, we are throwing ourselves on Christ. Because that's how, what we're supposed to do, and that's what people are supposed to see, and that's what people are supposed to walk into. It's amazing, the plan of God. when you When you really start looking into it, you see that constantly, Jesus and then the others as they take up from him, that the message they bring is of a body, it's of a people, it's a people together. And when Paul says, for this reason, if you go and get your King James version out, I like what it says there, it says, for this cause. Doesn't that give it a little bit more oomph? For this cause, people like to believe in a cause. Maybe you believe in the cause of saving the penguins. But we've got a a cause of believing of saving people. Of seeing people healed. Of seeing people restored. Of seeing families whole. That's a cause to live for. Are you going to live for this cause? You are the quietest I've ever known you today. Are all the loud people on holiday? Have you all been discovered? And outed? You're loud. Yeah, you're loud. Not just on drums. (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you, as I said to you before you get a much better word when you respond because I don't get depressed and go home fed up <laughs> no for this cause says Paul and then he comes out and he talks about what we've been doing what was he referring to what cause was he referring to everything that we've been doing in Ephesians right mega quick this is what it was because we need to realise this is what we're living for this is what we're praying for. And as we get this, then we see the next bit that Paul is actually going to pray for in a minute in chapter 3. All right, are you with me? So I can't go through everything because we'll be here till Christmas. Well, that's an option. <laughs> He's blessed us in the heavenly realms. Right, yeah, come on, let's get some amens here. We, circumstances cannot allow us to change what we think of God. If we, if we live according to our circumstances, we become our God. No matter how strong those circumstances are, no matter how disastrous they are, if we look to the circumstances, we become God because we interpret God in the light of our circumstances, whereas we've got to see the circumstances in the light of God. Yeah, the worst solution, the worst possible thing, and it happens, is that we go to be with Jesus forever. So the worst thing that can possibly happen to you is that you end up in paradise with Jesus. There is a mindset here. Yeah, I know, and it can be a tough one because of things we go through, but that is the mindset. We can't understand God from circumstances. The, the word says, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. and Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Because we cannot fully understand him. And what a lot of people try is try and understand him by what they see around them, and that's gonna be even more of a disaster. The word acknowledge there is yada in the Hebrew. It means in relationship with. I mean, acknowledge is like, yep, you're all right. You're all right. Yep, I acknowledge that's a good idea. Yep, I acknowledge, I could have, I could have done that. No, it's, it's a lot stronger than that, that Hebrew word. It's about being in a relationship with someone. In all your ways, not just acknowledge him, but know him. You see the word know is in there, in acknowledge. So it's drawing on an older meaning of the word. It's in all your ways, know God. Come into an intimate, close relationship with him through the word and the spirit. So we know that wherefore, one of the things that's got to happen if we're going to live in an age of the miraculous, in an age of healing... We have to know God. We cannot do it by acknowledging God. We cannot do it by acknowledging that there's some great scriptures about healing. It's not a formula. It's a relationship, and it's not about looking at the past failures. That's like saying, "Why am I not in York when I'm on a journey to York and I'm only in Malton?" It's because you're not there yet. You say, "Well, that's not fair on all the people that want to be in York when I'm in York and they're still in Malton." It is fair. It's a journey. Anyway, God doesn't work on fair. If it was fair, we'd all be in hell. It was totally unfair for Jesus to go to the cross, completely and utterly. It was very unfair that he had to have that choice. It was very unfair that the Father wanted him to go. It's a good job God doesn't work on what's fair. Even the word word trust there means to trust in, in, when it says trust in God, it means trust in him is your place of safety and security. Because everything else will crumble. But he will be there, even through the valley, even through the mountaintop, he will be there. But you've got to look for him and not at the circumstances. The circumstances will get in your face. But he will be there. the circumstances will turn you away from him, he will lead you to him. It's about knowing him, perceiving him, experiencing him. That word acknowledge, I like that. It means experience him. That's why in worship it's important that we do experience God. We don't seek just an experience that would be, we'd we'd end up in some sort of flaky situation. But we do, as we worship God in word and spirit, we do want to experience him. We, We say, God, we want to experience you. It's as important as the knowledge, because the knowledge is about knowing God. It's the same word. Oh, so that means experiencing God. You can't just know the Bible. You've got to experience the Bible, because then you're learning about the Word. If you just know the Bible, you'll become a dry theologian academic, full of lots and lots of knowledge, and you can puff yourself up with all that knowledge. It doesn't bring you one iota closer to God, unless you learn to experience it as well. Now, praise God, there's a lot of experience here. And it's not just about when we gather, though it is about when we gather, and that's why we gather. And that's why it's important to gather. It's why Paul says, let's not give up meeting together. Yeah. It's modern and it's trendy. Church, twice a, twice a month, once a month. Watch it on the internet. Plug into, plug into um, the God channel. Get, download some really good talks from, a, from some anointed teachers. There's some teachers out there that are miles better than me. <laughs> what a nice person you are, Alex. <laughs> You just want me to pay you this month. No. <laughs> i tell you what, it's a lot better than last Christmas. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's no secrets this Christmas. It's all there. It's great. Praise God. Anyway, but, wow, that was only a year ago. <laughs> Stop distracting me, Alex. I've got to get finished. I've got to get back into worship. I've only just read every spiritual blessing. He chose us. We're holy and blameless in his sight. We're adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus. We have redemption through his blood. He's lavished on us all wisdom and understanding. In him we are chosen. In him we have been predestined. I should be hearing some cheers out there because you're taking this in. in uh, that We are for the praise of his glory. We have been included in Christ. You have been marked in him with the promised Holy Spirit which guarantees your inheritance. Hallelujah. And Paul's not stopped praying for us. He's praying that our eyes may be enlightened and that we may know the glory to which he's called us, the hope to which he's called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance, his incomparably great power for us to believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength that raised Jesus from the dead that fact that we are in the fullness of the body together we are the fullness of Christ that we've been made alive in Christ that God has raised us up with Christ and seated with him in the helpinly, in, in the helpily realms in the heavenly realms by grace you've been saved through faith it's not from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast your God's craftsmanship your God's workmanship your God's masterpiece your God's poem created with works already out there for you to do in advance nobody's useless nobody's forgotten God's knew why he called you. God had a plan for you when he called you and it's glorious and it's wonderful and it's brilliant and it's something we can all step in and we all do together. We are one in Christ. Those of us who were far away from God have now been brought near to Christ. He is our peace. He made the two one and destroyed the barrier, the wall of hostility between people, between Jew and between Gentile. His purpose was to create one new man, one new person together out of the two, thus making peace and thus releasing us into the ministry of reconciliation. And through Jesus, we have access to the Father by one Spirit. So we're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens. We've God's people. We're members of God's household. In him, the whole building is joined together to become a holy temple in the Lord. And you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. For this cause, that's a pretty good cause. Can't do this one quietly. Right. What's the cause? Where are we going? You've got to go to 3.14. For this cause, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives his name. We are in his name. Go in my name. Why why is it important? Because in his name, we have the authority of the king. We might not feel like it, but we have it. You might not feel like royalty, but you are. You might not feel like a priest, but you are. Because the Lord has made you so. Through Jesus, amen. amen. And then he goes into this amazing prayer. Before I get that, I want to read the other reason, because the one the prayer I'm going to read is about when we come together as the body of Christ for this cause. We see what Paul prays over us. But there's one other thing that's important as we go into that. Let me grab some water. It's all the loud speaking. Hallelujah. You are God's precious. How many of you know Reuben? You see, if you meet Reuben, and he's introduced you as Reuben, you think, he's cute. He is cute, isn't he? I mean, I know I'm biased, but he's cute. You think, "What what a great little kid. And then if somebody says to you, oh, his name's Reuben Abel, you know He's mine. You know, he belongs to me. He's my, he's my blood family. He's part of the able identity. My, my, my daughter-in-law, Gemma, she says he's got the able wiggle, whatever the able wiggle is. <laughs> We've got the same DNA. We've got the same family beliefs. I mean, they're just coming along in him. He's got a, but he's already been up on stage dancing with the family. So he's, you know, he's getting there. He, 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 I've seen him here in this hall after church trying to put the chairs away. So he's got the concept of what we're here for. <laughs> he's two. Well, he was two last month. Hallelujah. But you see, we have the DNA of our Father. We are in his identity. Yeah, we're a new creation now. And we can learn to grab hold of all this and walk in this. It's not what we were in the past. Now sometimes things happen and crush us, and when we get crushed we can fall back into the past, that's one thing. Or we can fall into a place of woundedness. But you know, when we are broken, that is always the point of the greatest breakthrough. You talk to any any mature Christian and they will tell you the greatest breakthroughs in their life were not miracles and healings, but the time that they struggled, and the time that they pushed through, or the time that they were ill even. It's not that God wants you to be ill, but he will enable, he redeems these bad things. Sometimes the things are so horrendous, it seems impossible for them to be redeemed. But who knows what God can do? And one day, when we're all in heaven, this is all not going to be here. We're not not even be interested in this period of our our existence. It will be just so enjoying eternal life and God. It will be like, oh yeah, I do remember, didn't I know you somewhere? No. Anyway, that's getting off the actual track. For this cause. Now, then Paul starts to write about basically the release of the miraculous. Okay? But what about Jesus' failure that I mentioned earlier? When the Sabbath came, I'm deliberately not telling you where it is, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Sounds all right so far. And there's a a bit of muttering, and then you get, this is just Jesus, Mary's son. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives, and in his own house, is a prophet without honour. He could not do. It's the only time in the Bible, in reference to God, it says he could not. So this is a very significant verse. He could not do. Wow. Wow. Does that mean all these people should be blamed and shamed? No, it means they're just in Malton. We don't know how many of them were later in the church, how many miracles, how many wonderful breakthroughs, how many healings they had. There were certainly suddenly a lot of people saved in Jerusalem. They didn't all go, pop, who's this Jesus? They were the people that had been listening all along. All the people that deserted him and left him with just the disciples. You think, oh, that was terrible, wonder what happened to them. They came back, most of them. You know the times when we struggled and walked away from God? And we feel like, that's it, I've had it. You're just being biblical. <laughs> We're human beings. You're Justin Moulton. A variation of this proverb occurs in, in, in many, many national languages. The proverb that Jesus uses here. We, in English, it's more like familiarity breeds contempt. Heard that one? It's in most languages. The thing that Jesus adds in is prophet. That's not in anything else, just what Jesus says here. It's always interesting. Jesus does that a lot. He, a lot of his stuff he quotes, his rabbis and other people, and he'll add something. God doesn't despise what men do, but he always has got a greater revelation. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, his family... And in his own house is a prophet without honor. I think to understand what Jesus is saying here, you've got to think yourself back into those times. Because he uses the word prophet. Now remember, he's talking to the Jewish people, effectively the Old Testament Jewish people, because they don't know the fullness of Jesus yet. And he's talking about a prophet. So if he talks about a prophet, in their minds, they are seeing the men of old who brought teaching and the inspired word of God. So what? And I really saw this this morning for the first time ever. Why doesn't it say they don't believe I'm the Son of God? Wouldn't you think that was the key? I mean, it is a key, that's for sure. You've got to believe Jesus is the the Son of God to see this release. Because what happens here, there isn't a release. He does do some healings of miracles. But it it also says he could not do the fullness of what would normally be released. And the reason he could not do it was that the people did not honor him, interestingly, as an inspired leader and teacher from God. He's not even looking for the revelation of who he is at this point. Why does he do that? Because he's building a church. And down the road, there will be many other prophets, inspired people of God who bring teaching and bring leading. And God is saying, unless you honor those leadership, you will also not see this release. And it's an easily lost message. I mean, we've kind of been counteracting it in an equally true way because we've been looking at removing hierarchy, haven't we? And that was important. The the leaders are not superior beings on another planet. They are one of us. But God has also called and chosen each leader. And it's actually the calling on a leader that you're honoring. It's not the person themselves, although actually within that, it's foolish to say you don't respect them. It doesn't make sense. How can I, how can I honor an anointing on Pete but think he's a ridiculous old so-and-so? It, it doesn't make sense, does it? it, it it's all bound up. One I don't think you're that. It's much worse. LAUGHTER <laughs> And he's not old either. I forget that because he hangs around old people like me. <laughs> so I think Jesus was being very deliberate because he's teaching one of the, that important honor message. And the reason I'm bringing it this morning is just I think it's important as we go forward. I mean, the word of God teaches us to submit to one another. Now, the word submit, by the way, is there in that word honor. It's, it's the same thing. Uh, let me have a look. I've got some notes on it somewhere. Uh, it means to revere, to respect, to be deference or to be in submission to. And the problem with the people there in Nazareth was it's just Mary's son. They were just treated in casual. They weren't honoring the call of God on his life, even as a prophet or a teacher. Because although he was the son of God, he was a leader, he was a teacher, he was a prophet. And Jesus is building something for his church by releasing at this stage that this is for The church afterwards. That when God gives you leaders, you are to honour them. Because if you don't honour them, you won't see the release of what God wants to do. Why is that important? Because, for example, if you don't honour me, oh, it's just Paul, you will receive far less from what I believe God is giving me to communicate to you. It's very interesting when you go to other places. You you, you, You can see so many more healings and things happen. Because... you're you're not just Paul of the house. You're the visiting speaker. So there's automatically a sort of a a greater honor. So recently, when we went to Hollybush, people are very expectant. Now, the important thing is, I am not reversing in any way what we've taught before. I'm not trying to tell you, you must treat me like the archbishop. That would be the opposite. And in fact, it's not just me. It's people who God puts in leadership over us. It's the house church leaders. We should be honoring them. And then, also, it doesn't work unless we're honouring one another, submitting to one another. So, I felt God wanted us to be reminded of that this morning. Why did they reject him, do you think? Listen to the enemy's lies? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because they couldn't see the calling, personally. I think that's correct as well. They couldn't see any calling. All they could see is just Jesus. There was doubts about his heritage. There was doubts about his education. You know, there could be doubts about it. Whenever you think of somebody who's placed in a point of leadership, there's always things you can pick on that are not right. You say, well, that's not right. It shouldn't be in leadership. No, I'm just being real because we don't have perfect leaders. So there's always some things that are not perfect, and it's easy to get focused on them, and then you stop receiving from that leader. It's not just about when we're preaching, it's about when we go out for a curry together. You, you can, if you're in submission to another, or if you go out for curry with those in leadership, you can, you'll receive even then, because you're saying, God, I want everything that you've got for me. It's important when somebody prays for you that you see the call of God on them, whether they're a leader or not, though obviously if they are a leader. If I ask Michelle to go over to the banner, or she's one of the team over by the banner at the end of meetings, and they pray for you, if you're not honouring and in submission to the call of God on their lives, you will not receive the full revelation of what God has for you. This is not failure, this is just greater understanding. This is not to beat ourselves up if we've done this kind of thing in the past. This is just to say, this is great, I can move forward from here. We're not about imposing guilt or shame or all that rubbish. We're just saying, let's go forward in this together. And it's going to become more and more important because as this church grows, and as we see more of the release of the prophetic and the apostolic and the teaching and the miracles and the healings and the finance, we've got to be together together. Because the temptations will be stronger. The, the attacks from the enemy will probably be stronger. The gossip <laughs> out there will be stronger. So if we already know what we are like one another, and we're already respecting one another and honouring one another, we're in a stronger position to move into that greater glory of God. Doesn't it say that we're being changed from glory to glory? Well, I'm ready for some more changes. I don't know about you. But what God wants is us to go forward together as the body. But it's not, it's not when, it's, when God talks of one body, he's not saying we're all going to walk together as some sort of communist collective. We are one body, but we have those callings and those roles and we must honour those God has placed in leadership. And I felt strongly that God was saying, bring that as part of what I want you to say this morning because it's important And we go back to this prayer of Paul where Paul says, for this cause or for this reason. Because it's going to be part of seeing this released. Because I want to get to York. Yeah, Not stay in Morton. But as we pray this stuff, it's easy. There's, there's, two, there's two, I don't know if they are two extremes, but there's certainly two ways we can go. One is to feel that we've failed in the past and get quite miserable about that. Or upset. Or we can get so victorious that we forget that sometimes people aren't healed or we don't see them healed at that moment. And sometimes there are difficulties. What we have to find is God's way, which is trusting him through it all. It's not all failure. And this side of heaven, we won't see all victory because he told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And if we were going to get to a place where we lived in victory all the time for the rest of our lives, we wouldn't need to pray that anymore. And he would have told us that. But he didn't. He taught parables of asking, of seeking, of knocking, of shameless audacity in prayer. Because there will always be, let's go through this together. Let's push through pain. Let's push through suffering. Let's push past victory to see the things of God. So let's see this prayer. And then we're going to worship. Because I think it's about the only response we could give. How are we going to respond? Well, we're going to respond to that idea that together as the body, the dwelling place of God, these truths are for us. Regardless of where we've been at before. We're just going to look forward so we can see more. We want to discover the miraculous. And the other thing is that as we do that, the importance of the body teaching is to respect and honour one another, and to respect and honour those who God's put in leadership over us. You might feel you do that already. I'm sure many of you will. But God said, remind everyone. And I feel why is because we've talked so much about stripping away the hierarchy. You can think that means taking away honour and people being in leadership. It doesn't mean that. It just means that as people, we're all equal. I hope that makes sense and you've caught my heart. If you feel it sounds dodgy, you probably haven't heard me. That's all I can say, really. Worship team, could you come forward again? Because I want to read this scripture as we all stand. I'm not uh, going to teach from this. I'm just going to read it and I want us to take it on board and go to God with it as we worship. So can we all stand as well? For this cause, this prayer is for this cause. It's Paul, it's Paul releasing to the people that he's just been teaching the fullness of what he wants them to get. For this cause, all those, that long list. That we had before. We're stepping into it. We're moving forward. We don't want to stay in Moulton. I'm sure Moulton's a lovely town. I'm not insulting Moulton, it's just my example. I pray that out of his glorious riches, picture those glorious riches. Unlimited provision for everything, not just finance, everything. Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Just right now, know that God is ministering to you inner strength. What do you need inner strength for? To get through the difficult stuff. Because there's always going to be difficult stuff. But what you have is a savior that will go with you and enable you to see victory. And as we step into this power more and more and more, we'll see victories for more and more people that would not have been there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We're talking about Christ living in you. As we live in Christ, the incredible miracle is that Christ also lives in us. And if Christ lives in us, Then that has to bring the release of His glory. Salvations, prosperity, healings, miracles, promises answered. The five things that God's given us. We're journeying to see them. When God first spoke last September, we knew it was going to be a journey. It wasn't a question of praying for a month and everything would be sorted. It was the beginning of a journey. Well, we're further in that journey now. Hence, this Christmas, Richard and I aren't wondering what we're going to do in January financially we can have a better Christmas (laughs) but it's all of these things and we could look at the past and realize where we failed but if we do that we will continue to and we must fight for those that are here and those who are to come for this cause this is a cause to live for the cause of the gospel And I pray, says Paul, that you being rooted and established in love. How can you be rooted and established in love? Well, the only way you can see what your relationship with God is like is to look at what it's like with his body. Because that's the manifestation of your love for God. Then you will see your love, you will see your love for God in the way it manifests to the community that he's placed you in. That is the heart from where all these things that happened, that we grew up together, the street angels, the community angels, the youth angels, everything else that we do, the little builders, the hub, came from a heart of wanting to communicate Jesus to a community. But it's not just the things we do together. It's the things that house churches might do together, that are separate from what we're all doing. It's also just when you join a club or a society or you get involved with a local cause, you're taking that light of Christ, you're taking the church into it. Rooted and established in love. The only way to be rooted and established in love is to acknowledge God, to know God. But that doesn't just mean know about him, it means know him through his word and his spirit. But if you stop there, you will not know God. You can only know God in the eyes of the people he puts around you. It's the shocking thing. And not just the Christians. Anyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Not just for God so loved just the ones that he thought were good and he called and he was going to save them. He loved the world. Take hold of that love. What happens if we're rooted and established in love? And compared to God, that love is woeful. That's the Say Hello campaign that's been going on. It's about saying hello to strangers. That is the love of Christ. Being willing to say hello to one more person that day who you do not know. And maybe that's all that'll happen, or maybe it'll go into a full-blown divine encounter. Keep receiving. Let's bring in some music, amiyoka Thank you. What happens in that love? That you may have power together with all the saints. See, if it wasn't important to be a body, Paul wouldn't be stressing it there. If Paul just wanted you to be strengthened in power in your relationship with God, then there was no need for this sudden reference to the saints. The power of God is released as the body walks together. But as God teaches us and equips us as we move forward, that will be easier and easier. Because we've not been taught like this, we've been taught to be individuals. God saying something very strong about community and he's saying it to the church around the world it's like a whole shift has taken worldwide and where the church is listening to the Spirit of God you will hear of talk of the need for us to rediscover being the body of Christ being the community of God and stepping into our local communities our local neighborhoods again the first church grew because people saw A loving caring community the first church grew because that loving caring community lived amongst the people so much so in Acts it says they had the favor of the people they have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ it's not going to take you into anything that is impossible for you. Because all things are possible in Christ. That you will know this love that surpasses knowledge. It goes beyond our understanding. It goes beyond our experience. It's just love. I cannot explain how powerful my love is for Kate, my wife. I can't communicate it to you. I can tell you about it i can tell you how it makes me feel i can tell you how it makes me excited and happy and joyful and sometimes how sad it makes me because if someone you love is unwell it makes you sad and hurt you weep together you cry together and you laugh together i can tell you those but i can't really explain to you what love is like because love is actually beyond understanding And certainly the love of God is far beyond understanding. But he loves you. You might not understand it. It might perplex you. But Paul is praying that together with all the saints we will grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And that this love that surpasses all knowledge may fill us to the measure of all the fullness of God. Then comes this couple of lines, in the middle of this book of Ephesians, when you think it would be something at the end, now to Him. For this cause, now to Him, who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. We have plans for the way God wants it to be sorted. We have plans for the way we want God to move and do things. But God's far more than that. It might not even be the way we want. It might be totally not the way we want. But it will be beyond. And God promises His love will shine through this. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to His power, that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church the glory in the church and in Christ Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever friends we've been on a wonderful journey together but we're only at Malta. there's so much more to go So much deeper, so much higher, so much wider, same as the scripture that's just there. All those adjectives, all contradictory, but all true. You can't really be all of them at once, but you can because God is infinite and without end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that being rooted and established in love, you may have the power together with all the saints Throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.